Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to dive into our full State of Origin Game 3 preview. Now, this game was originally meant to be played in Sydney and then got moved to Newcastle. And now over the last few days, it's been moved up to the Gold Coast. And as devastating as it is for New South Wales having no games down here this year, if they were to clean sweep and go 3-0 all games in Queensland, one in Townsville, one in Brisbane, one on the Gold Coast. Wouldn't that just be unreal? A nightmare for the Queensland fans and um, a dream come true for New South Wales, essentially. But I think this game's going to be a lot closer than the previous two games, to be honest with you. Obviously, game one was a huge blowout. Game two was a little bit closer. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, there was only, what, four tries scored in that game. So uh, Queensland definitely in the battle for longer and sort of stayed in there. Obviously, that big moment with Latrell Mitchell came the intercept, and that sort of burst the bubble for the New South Wales Blues. and Sorry, for the Queensland Maroons. And look, the one thing I'm going to take from the first two games, yes, they were blowouts. Yes, they're the best New South Wales team that's a point, scoring points there, the worst Queensland team can see, all this sort of dribble. These games, they have been decided between about the 20th and about the 27-minute mark. Now, what has happened in both these games is that you get your middles that go off, and then there's a new contest that starts, yeah? Queensland have shown that they can belt and bash, and they can go with New South Wales in the first 20-odd minutes. Then you get the bench guys that come on, and I've spoken about this all series. You get your your Payne Haas, you get your Junior Paulos, these guys that they've had on the bench in Game 1 and Game 2 that come onto the field, and Queensland, they just aren't able to match it. Now, in Game 2, I spoke about that I thought Queensland picked their bench much better than they did in Game 1. And unfortunately for them, that 20 to 25-minute mark came, and Latrell Mitchell, he really turned that game on its head with a big intercept. And as I said, you could see that Queensland, that was a real dagger to the heart that they probably didn't need realistically. For me, uh, you don't get Kalen Ponga throwing that pass. I can't remember the last time KP threw an intercept, to be honest with you. Val Holmes, he has sort of got that in his game. I've always said I prefer him as a winger, and I'm really excited to see him return to the wing in this game. You get KP back, which is huge for Queensland. And as a New South Wales fan, really worries me. KP, he's just going to bring something else. Uh, no, there's not many guys that peel those, those two-on-threes off better than KP. I think he'll be given a lot of space. And I think Queensland... 
they'll just play a lot more natural tonight. They'll play a lot more eyes up footy. And the key is to unlock your Caelan Pongers and your Cameron Munster. And I think traditionally in our game, we've always known that if your halfback can get you to the right spots, he can direct you around the field, you allow these guys to open up and play their footy. But a halfback can only do as much as his forward pack allows. Now, let's be honest here. The Queensland forward pack, it is going to take one hell of an effort for them to just break even with this New South Wales pack. Yeah, the, the likely reality is that this Queensland pack, they're not going to be able to keep up with this Blues pack. They are going to be... They're just a ferocious pack. They are so strong. You have a look at that team. This forward pack, I mean, I, I think that whilst all the backs have got all the praise in the world, I mean, Junior Paulo has been huge this series. He's been massive. You've got Cam Murray, who's been unbelievable. He's been the real unsung hero, along with these two guys, Tariq Sims and Isaiah Yo. Isaiah Yo has been massive this series. The way that he's sort of controlled the rock, sort of played that Victor Radley sort of style that he does for the Roosters, I think he's even playing that role more for the Blues than what he traditionally does for the Panthers. He's been unreal. And then all of a sudden, you throw Angus Crichton, you throw Payne Haas into the mix. It's going to be a really tough gig. I have a look at this Queensland bench, Mofoda Waker, Francis Molo, Thomas Flegler. Jeez, it's, it's a big ask for those guys to come onto the field and compete with some of these fellas, especially then... You know, when guys like Christian Welsh and Josh Papali leave the field, it leaves a massive hole in this team. And that's going to be the big challenge uh, for Queensland. And, of course, the Blues, they get Dale Finucane back this game. Uh, massive in there. Walks straight into this side, becomes the vice-captain of the team, which I think is 100% well-deserved. Big test for Dale, though. The front rowers, they've been doing a fantastic job. He's more of your sort of old-school front rower as well, so he's not really that explosive sort of athlete. Um, So it's going to be a big test for Dale, but I have no doubt that he'll get in there. He'll do a job for the Blues. But coming back to my point, if your forward pack isn't going to win the ruck for you or isn't just going to compete and even up, it makes your job as a seven extremely difficult. For me... If I'm coaching this team, and I know it's going to be tough for Paul Green because it goes against everything he's ever coached with, I would be going completely against that structure. I would be saying to DCE, mate, I need you to play manly footy. I need you to look up, play what's in front of you. Some of those passes he's been throwing to manly, especially out to the right edge, I think that's what he needs to be doing for this Queensland team. And that is how you bring a guy like Munster into this team. I think we've shown in the first two games, it's hard for Munster to get into the game when they're on the back foot. He needs to be on the front foot. This is why he's so dominant when he's playing for Melbourne. This is why he was so dominant last year, because they were on the front foot. They were playing footy. As I said from the very start, my worry with Paul Green always was that you watch his teams play over the last few years, and they're playing outdated football. They're playing Thurston football without Thurston. Yeah, he, he struggles to adapt for me. That's always been my worry with him. And I think DCE, you've just got to let him play footy tonight. You don't worry about trying to get certain certain percentages, opening up the big side. You just let him play football. You look up, you look for tired defenders, you look for guys out of place, and you start to move the ball. Now, he's got Hammer at centre, which is going to be massive for them, yeah? He's an, an unbelievably gifted player that is just so quick. He can turn any half opportunity into full opportunities, but... It is going to be tough defensively for him. And look, for me, I'm going to touch on it in a minute when I talk about where I see the first try coming from. But all the talk has been about Hammer. Is he going to be able to handle Tom Trevojevic? And look, it's a huge task. And I have no doubt, Hamiso, all week, he would have been thinking about Tommy Turbo, how he's going to do it, how he's going to handle him. Look, I think the reality of this situation will be Turbo, he's as damaging 
as a decoy as he is with the ball. And I think all eyes are going to be on Turbo constantly. I think it is going to open up a lot of space for James Tedesco. I look at the way that the Penrith Panthers, they attack out on their left edge. And I think the New South Wales Blues should be trying to take something from this. The way that they go about their footy, they have so, so many different sorts of shapes they can throw at you. You see quite often in the vast majority of teams, your back rower, your half takes into the line, your back rower runs the overs line, you hit your winger, you hit your um fullback out the back. Whereas the Panthers do, they tend to just hit their 5'8 or their centre out the back. Dylan Edwards doesn't chime in as much on that edge. But you know that James Tedesco will. And this is where... I would be throwing a lot of variety if I was the New South Wales Blues. And this is where the hammer is going to get his real test because what I would be doing, I would be sending my back row under and I would be switching up my block runners. I would be using Turbo in that role and opening up for Teddy. You know that hammer, all the talk this week has been about Tom Trevojevic. All eyes are going to be on him. I think the guys around him are going to have a really good night. And I think Turbo... He could potentially be a little bit quiet in this game, but you know, if you actually watch the game, I think he's going to be heavily involved without having the ball. That's how I would attack this side, using that different sort of shape that you quite often see the Penrith Panthers doing. You've got a heap of top-level footballers here that, that all understand shape and the lines they need to run and how to expose certain defenders. I think Hammer will be a guy that they definitely go at because he has proven he's been fantastic for the Cowboys in his first 18 months or whatever it's been, but defensively, there's always been issues, and it's definitely a spot defender that I would be heavily targeting. Now, off the back of that, I'll jump into my first try score. And as I said, I think that they are going to be able to get them down that edge. I think Tom Trevojevic running his decoy. I think you're going to have Teddy with a lot of space. And I really like Josh, Josh Adokar for the first try. I believe he scored the first try in game two as well. And I mean, as soon as they went to that right edge, it just peeled and it just really opened up for them. And Teddy just made it look easy. I like Fox for first. I also like him to score two tries in this game. Sports bets got him at $4 for two tries. I really do like this play. I think the hammer, he is in for one hell of a night tonight. And I don't think it's going to happen the way that people are expecting. Tommy Turbo just running over him. He does bring a lot of offensive weapons, no doubt about it. And there was a number of times where they did free up Kurt Capewell in the first two games, but he just didn't have the pace to go on with it because he is a back rower. That's nothing against Kurt Capewell. He's now back in his spot where he should be realistically. Uh, but that is, that's just the reality of Queensland's depth as well. Yeah, it's not a great spot to be at the moment, Queensland centres. Coming up against these two juggernauts, Latrell and, of course, Tom Trevojevic. Now, Latrell Mitchell, a guy that I haven't really mentioned yet, which I think is going to be really interesting to see how it plays out with him. This entire game, this entire series, New South Wales' whole play has been just dominate the middle and then get your ball to your strike weapons. You've got two centres on either side that are unbelievable, and Tom Trevojevic, he floats to the other side. In the mix of all that, you've got Tedesco floating around as well. I mean, it has been a tall order, a tough task for Queensland to mark these guys at any point. It changes a little bit now. You went from having Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai, who were happy just to play their role, spread the ball, but both have extremely good running games. So you knew that oppositions, the Queensland side was always having to watch them, so you're still having to keep one eye on them the entire time. And the one time that they gave Jerome Luai a little bit too much to room, he really made them pay. We saw Tom Trevojevic score under the sticks on the end of that play. The halves change here. You've got Mitch Moses coming in. You've also got Jack Whiten. Now, Jack Whiten, he's obviously not overly well-known for his ball playing. He is a run-first sort of footballer. So for me, betting-wise, I'm starting to think a lot more of it's going to go down the right edge. I think that you are going to see that left edge be a little bit more clunky than what they were. Um, I still think Jack Whiten, he, he will get ball out to Latrell, but instead of Latrell having 15, 20 touches, I wouldn't be surprised to see him having, you know, 9 to 15 around that mark because I think it is going to change the way they're going to play. And Jack Whiten will be told, you don't go and play Jerome Luai football, you go and play Jack Whiten football. That's why you're here. 
because you can play Jack White in football. And I have no doubt he will be able to get over the advantage line. And then it's a decision. Do they go short down that side? Does Teddy take him down that edge? Or do we open it back up to Mitch Moses, where I think is a spot they will be targeting. Now, when you have a look at Mitch Moses, he's a guy that I believe has developed a lot over the last 18 months. I think he's really grown up a lot. I think he's matured a lot as a footballer. He's put away all these highlight packages, these chips over the top and all this sort of stuff, which as far as most fans, from what I can tell, it's gone against him, essentially, as far as their opinions go. I think he's an unreal seven at the moment. I think he's playing really well. And I think in this side, this will be the edge where they can play with a little bit more shape, a little bit more structure. And Mitch Moses, he will happily follow that. I think he will be a pretty close to what Nathan Cleary was. I think that everything Nathan Cleary was doing for the Blues, I still think Mitch Moses is going to be able to do for them. And it's going to be one of those situations where I'm pretty confident we get to the end of this game and we're going to look at Mitch Moses and go, no try assists, no line breaks, no line break assists, but they're going to score a number of tries down that edge. And it's going to be him just playing his role. I spoke about Alex Johnson the other day scoring all these tries. South Sydney and I said look you're all undervaluing the role that Adam Reynolds plays digging into this line and creating that space creating that tension in the defensive line that causes someone to make a bad decision quite often it's your center or your winger and it opens up Cody Walker I think you're going to see Mitch Moses play really straight really direct and open up space for other guys he won't have a huge stat sheet but I have no doubt he's going to play well and I guarantee you the general opinion after this game will be, oh, Mitch Moses didn't do anything. He was hardly there. His role, they've got so many Ferraris in this team out the back, and the modern game is so suited to just your halves sucking in players and creating space for your outside men. I think Mitch Moses is going to play his role perfectly. I think Teddy's going to have a big game in this one. We mentioned Josh Adokar. We believe he will score the first try on that edge. I think it'll be Teddy that lays it on for him. And look, for me, when I have a look at the Wally Lewis medal, you've got Tom Travojevic, uh, James Tedesco, and you've got Latrell Mitchell. They're all at pretty even standings. And look, for me right now, I think Tom Travojevic should be the red-hot favourite. I see that James Tedesco is the favourite, which is very, very interesting. Personally, I think Teddy's going to have a really big game tonight. I think he will be the man of the match, and I think it will be enough to tip him over into the Wally Lewis medal. Uh, he's going to get man of the match in game two. He already did that. And then game three, I think he will get it as well. So I'm going to go with James Tedesco as my Wally Lewis medalist, but Latrell Mitchell and Tom Travojevic, I just think both have been unreal this year. They've been sensational, but the way that I would coach this side is that I would use Tommy Moore as a decoy tonight. I think it's going to open up a lot of space for a lot of other people. In saying that, you still give Tommy just early ball when you can. I think when you go into your set structure, though, if I was Mitch Moses, it's how I would be using Teddy. I think there'll be uh, how I would be using Turbo. So many eyes on him. I think you, you can create a lot of dysfunction in this Queensland defensive line by implementing some of the moves and some of the plays that the Penrith Panthers use, which has been so effective over the last 18 months. But Teddy, he's my Wally Lillard medalist. And look, as I mentioned before for Queensland, I think they have got to play a little bit unorthodox. They've got to play some eyes up footy, and I think it comes from DCE. DCE has got to set the tone that they're willing to play footy. They're they're willing to chance their arm. We saw in game two, they came and they exploded with a heap of offloads early, and it was really worrying the New South Wales Blues. Queensland, they were right even, if not winning the first 10 or so minutes. Then we had that intercept coming about the 20th minute, I think it was, which just blew the game away. There was also another moment, though, where Christian Welsh threw an offload. It went about 20 metres backwards. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Queensland went from having it on second tackle on on the 30-meter line to throwing it back 15 meters to then having to kick from the 30-meter line. Means the Blues, they got it on their 30-40. They charged it back. All of a sudden, it's second tackle and the Blues are into the, new, into the Queensland half, yeah? That offload was critical, but... You've got to be willing to take these risks. And I think tonight you're going to see a lot of balls thrown around. I think there's going to be a lot of risk taken. It is a dead rubber. So it should be – the ball should be thrown around. And I think Queensland, they can upset New South Wales if they throw the ball around and they play rugby league off the back of it. That means you get an offload and you get it to one of your skilled players. It has to go to Ben Hunt. It has to go to Caelan Ponger. It has to go to Munster or it has to go to DCE. And I think you sort of play that out of about your own 30-meter line. I think those should be your rules for this side. And that's how you get momentum through this New South Wales team for me. And if you shift it out to either side, you shift it straight back to the other side. You give Munster time and space. You bring him into the game with a defensive line on their back foot. This is how I think Queensland can get the better of them. It is going to be a brutally tough gig, though, because if they start playing eyes up, throw it around footy, New South Wales are going to match them for them. Yeah, and if they start offloading the ball, which when you have a look at their side between Junior Paulo, Murray, Tariq Sims, Isaiah Yo, Payne Haas, Angus Crichton, they've got some unbelievable offloaders. They've got a running nine, and they've got a seven that can whip the ball either way, 20, 30 metres, to get it to their skilled players. And if you get it to their skilled players in Tom Trevojevic and Latrell Mitchell on the back foot, you are in serious trouble with Teddy sniffing around the middle. It's also a matter of Tom Trevojevic. He'll be sniffing around the middle as he has been the entire series. So when we start to play this offload style footy, which I think you will see tonight, if Queensland get it right, they can really trouble the Blues. But if the Blues get it, let's say, 80% right, the show could be over there. I still think Caelan Ponga, he's going to play a really key role tonight. I think he's going to peel off some of those plays that they're going to open up really well. He's a really dangerous footballer. I think people still underrate KP, to be honest with you. I think he's going to have a big impact tonight. Look, if I had to make a prediction, I would say New South Wales win this one. I'm going to say 34 to 22. So I'm going to take New South Wales by 12 points there. I think there will be a number of points scored in this one. Tends to be the way with these dead rubbers. I think there's going to be a lot of footy played. This Queensland team, they're going to come into this game upset and shitty. It's been a crap few weeks for them. They've copped it left, right and centre. you got guys coming out saying that they never wanted to coach the fucking team. you got the coach who seemingly surely he can't be there next year. you got this issue with Jai Arrow. It has just been a shit fight. It has been the most dysfunctional Queensland camp and two games I have ever seen. Ever seen. It has just been carnage. David Fita walked in and walked out of this side this week again. He's going to be a massive loss for Queensland as well. Thankfully, you get to shift Kurt Capewell in. Uh, you got Tino at 13. The other guy to keep an eye on is AJ Brimson. Now, as I said, this Queensland bench, it doesn't impress me all that much, but AJ, he can be just so dangerous. And I heard Isaac John talking the other day about when he, if he was to bring AJ on, He'd play him as like a roaming 13, but with two fullbacks. And I really like this idea. And essentially, you would let KP float on his left side, his strong side, Munster and KP on that edge. So you would swing it out to AJ on the right. It's like you're playing with two fullbacks on either side of the ruck, which I think would be lethal. And then if you are coming back, you let AJ swing back as well. AJ Brimson, he's going to be really interesting this game, but can only have as much impact as New South Wales let him have. If he comes on the field and they're already down 14-18, I think they're in deep shit, realistically. The pack, they've 
got to just hold their own in the middle. They don't have to win the ruck. They just have to hold their own and give DCE, Munster, AJ and Ponga their skilled players an opportunity to play some footy. Now, it also comes down to Ben Hunt. Is he going to be able to go the full 80? I think Queensland need him to play the full 80 tonight. I think that if you're not playing him for 80, it means you're probably sticking AJ in there, which for me, it's just a step backwards. I think you need Ben Hunt to play the full 80 minutes here for Queensland. It's going to be an extremely tough gig, no doubt about it. And I also have no doubt whatsoever that the St. George Illawarra Dragons will be preparing for Ben Hunt to play 80 minutes when his game is back on against the Manly Seagulls this weekend. A must win for them if they want to make the top eight, essentially. So it's going to be a tough few days for Ben Hunt, but I think he needs to play 80. New South Wales, they're sort of sitting in the opposite situation here. You've got Damien Cook at nine, who's played all 160 minutes so far for the New South Wales Blues, and he's done well this series without really being the Damien Cook that we all know and love, but he hasn't needed to be. He's needed to just get his swords around the park, get them on the front foot, and then just zing it to his half so they can get it to your strike weapons earlier. We're getting very back to that sort of 2090s football where it is, you know, the the better your centre is, the earlier they need to get the ball and that's what's been happening this series and the centres have absolutely dominated. They've been unreal. But Cookie, you've obviously got Appy Curacao on the bench. Becomes very interesting to see what they do with Appy in this game. Uh, I've heard people message me say, oh, do you think they'll play Cook at 13, Appy at 13? I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. I've got a feeling that Appy might just come on at nine, to be honest with you. I think Cook will go berserk in the first half. Then you can bring Appy on with maybe 30 minutes to go, and I think he can really wreak some havoc. Although it would be so dangerous if you did see Appy just sort of come on in the middle and just float around and pop up here and there. But I think I want him attacking out of dummy half. I think he would just bring a real burst of energy into the forward pack for the Blues. They know how damaging he can be. Damien Cook's one of those guys that he looks up and he sees space for himself. He's not as good as creating it for others. Api Curacao, he is just an artist of the ruck. He is brilliant. The way that he holds guys up, the way that he creates space for fellas. And when you got guys like Cam Murray, Tariq Sims, you know, Junior Paulo, uh, Payne Haas, these guys charging onto the ball, I think it could be really damaging. I think there is also a couple of probably second half anytime try scorers that you could get on there for a couple of forwards I'd be looking at Payne Haas potentially Angus Crichton's another one because that'd be Curacao he is going to be absolutely terrorising them around the middle will be interesting what Freddie does with Appy and Cook personally I would only have one on at the field at the, at the same time um, I don't think you need both on in this team um, yeah so I'm going to take New South Wales here to win this one by 12 I've got 34 to 22 the way of the New South Wales Blues I think the Queensland Maroons can score points and really worry this New South Wales team by playing eyes up footy by allowing DCE, Munster, Ponga, Hunt and of course AJ Brimson to play what's in front of them take some risks, see what happens it's a dead rubber yeah, you've got to find a way to get through this side. What you're doing at the moment, playing structured footy, playing Paul Green football, essentially, it hasn't worked. It has not worked. It has kept you in the contest for the first 20, 25 minutes, which is all good and well. But when you compare your bench to the New South Wales bench, I just don't think they have the team to be able to play that structured style all the way through. They've got to modernise their football. They've got to trust their ball players and their instinct players to do their thing, get them on the front foot and win the ruck there. That's how they're going to do it. They're not going to be able to power through this team like we see the Melbourne Storm and the Penrith Panthers do. You're going to have to look up, play a little bit of football, let DCE play manly football, take some risk, see what happens. Give Hammer early ball, see what happens. Let him go. Yeah, you've seen that every time Queensland have attacked this year, it has been child's play for Latrell Mitchell and for Tom Trevojevic. They've just shut down that play 
completely. Now you're going to see KP come into the mix. That's going to change it a little bit. That's going to hold your centers out a little bit because he's got so much more variety to his game. He's got a short pass. He's got a long pass. He's got a great kicking game. He just does all those things better than Val Holmes for me. And New South Wales, they're going to be well aware of that. He can beat you with his feet as well. You know, he can he can snap your inside defender and really make you look silly in, in an instant, KP. A lot of damaging players for Queensland in this side. That bench, it still worries me a lot. Mo Fodawaka, he has been unbelievable this series. He's probably been their best player for me, to be honest with you. They need a lot out of Francis Molo and debutant Tom Flegger. A lot of debutants tonight. We just mentioned Tom Flegger. You've also got the Hammer. You've also got... Happy Curacao and, of course, Mitch Moses for the New South Wales Blues. So good luck to all of these guys. Hopefully they put their best foot forward. I'm, as I said, I'm taking the Blues by 12. I think Mitch Moses will have a really solid and complete game. He won't get all the stats that you want. Uh, so don't get prepared to make a caption on Instagram or Facebook about try assists and line break assists. That's not the sort of seven Mitch Moses is. It's just the reality of it. I think that right edge is going to be a lot of points scored down there. I think Josh Adokar is going to get a brace of tries. I think James Tedesco will be a man of the match. I really like Josh Adokar to score two tries, James Tedesco to score one into New South Wales. Uh, probably that six to 12 point sort of mark. That's my prediction around that mark. I don't think it'll be a huge blowout. I think there will be a lot of points scored by both teams, probably over 50 odd points in this game game. Really looking forward to game three. It might be a dead rubber, but Origin, it is always exciting. It's always thrilling. Cannot wait to see how Queensland respond to this. Cannot wait to see how the New South Wales halves handle themselves. Especially Moses, really looking forward to seeing him step onto the big stage, along with Abby Curacao as well. A well-deserved debut after the last few years. He's been sensational. Up the Blues. Enjoy your night, legends. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.